7. Let's get back to Matthew chapter 7. So we've been talking about, uh, of course, this, this past week on Wednesday, we, I've been teaching on, um, I, I taught on uh, discovering your God-given purpose. What were you created for? Why did God create you? See, when, you, when God created you, Andrea, he didn't create you and you were born and then him be like, I wonder what I'm going to do with her. That's not, that's not how it worked. God had a need in the earth. There was something that he needed to do. And so God said, I'm going to create me and Andrea to get that done. And so when God created us, when we were born and he created us, he created us with a purpose. And he equipped us with what was necessary to fulfill our purpose. Now, we never got into this on, on this week, but every one of us were born with gifts. And the gifts that are listed in Romans chapter 12 are, um, are the gifts uh, that uh, each one of us were, were created with one of these gifts working in our life. And uh, those gifts working in our life for the purpose of us being able to fulfill the purpose for which God created us. And so um, some people are like, well, you know, if the Lord wants me to know, that's not how these things work. You know, um, we have to put in, we have to do our part. We, we work together with God. We labor together with him. Uh, you're, not, you're not just going to get a bonk on the head by God one morning and, and discover your purpose. Um, the Bible says this, if we ask, we'll receive. If we seek, we'll find. If we'll knock, the door will be open to us. Amen. And so we have the responsibility as, as Christians and as, as men that if we're going to find out what God has for us, we need to ask. You say, well, I asked and it didn't work. Listen, if you asked, keep on asking. Oh, yeah. Amen. Well, I've sought and I hadn't found nothing. Well, you need to keep on seeking. Amen. Amen. Some people, you know... Uh, some people like them kids we used to play hide-and-seek with. They, they loved to hide, but they never liked to seek. They'd, they'd sit down in the middle of the field and cry because they couldn't find nobody. And, and you know, they, those weren't the kids we wanted to play with. Well, you know what? Now, don't be that way in the kingdom. Seek and keep on seeking. Amen. Don't sit in the middle of a field and cry because you hadn't found him yet. Amen. If I found him, you can find him. You know what? If Tyler found him, you can find him. If Michael and Twyla found him, you can find him. Amen. If Andrea, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If Andrea and Raphael could find him, you can find him. Amen. So we, we ask, we keep on asking. We seek, seek, we keep on seeking. When we knock, we keep on knocking. Amen. Keep on knocking. Tell someone to keep on knocking. Keep on knocking. Praise the Lord. So we, we want to discover our God-given purpose. And what I've been talking about here the past several Sundays is uh, developing the ability to discern uh, what be God and what not be God. Because we're living in times where, according to Scripture, uh, in fact, we, we, we read this Scripture, and I, I hesitate to read it again. But I, let's read it again so that you know. 2 Timothy, and then we'll go back to the other. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And starting with verse 1. So let's read there. <clears throat> so the word, the word gives us warning that there are certain things that are going to happen in the latter days. 
And we need to be aware of them. We need to be aware of what the Word says. Not, not to be afraid, but to be aware. Right. Say, be aware. be aware. Not afraid, but aware. Uh, can you put it in the uh, Amplified? So we're going to read this in the Amplified Bible. This is Paul talking to Timothy, and he's, he's helping him uh, as a young preacher, as a young minister, uh, telling him what he needs to do. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is judged to the living and the dead, and by in the light of his coming and his kingdom. So he's, he's commanding him, herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by, be at hand and ready. Amen. That's us. We need to keep our sense of urgency. You know, don't be lulled to sleep and don't, don't give up hope. Don't become cynical because of what's going on in the world. Just because you've gone through something, you know, and, 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 don't, and don't be so selfish as to think that you're the only one going through. You know what? Some of y'all need to quit being big old babies and acting like you're the only one with trouble. Amen. I know. Yeah. It's not very nice. Well, you know what? Get over it. Amen. Here's, here's the deal. We, we don't have a whole lot of time. Time's wasted. Amen. If you, want, if you want someone to tell you something that makes you, you know, that, that, that doesn't challenge you at all, go, you know, there's, there are plenty of places that you can go that no one will challenge you. And they'll serve you cookies and coffee in the foyer, and they'll get you out of here in 25 minutes. You did not come to that church this morning. I don't, I don't know about y'all, but when, when, when you're up that certain creek without a paddle, and when what's in that creek hits the fan, you're not going to want to be around someone that's going to hand you a cup of coffee and a cookie. You're going to want someone to tell you, what does the Bible say? What is, amen, glory to God. Now, boy, he said, I'm kind of, I'm kind of out there this morning, aren't I, Tyler? Jesus, help me. Glory to God. <laughs> I know I'm being, I'm being pretty plain here today, but. I don't know, there's something in my heart that, that says that as we, as this next year, as we come to this next year, and as the next year we go from 23 to 24, that we're going to have to put our big girl and big boy uh, chones on, and we're going to have to get it straight. Amen. Amen. So Harold and preach the word, keep your sense of urgency, stand by, be at hand, whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable. Whether it's favorable or unfavorable, whether it's convenient or inconvenient, amen. Whether it is welcome or unwelcome, as a preacher of the word, you are to show people in what way their lives are wrong and convince them, rebuking, correcting, warning, urging, encouraging, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. Next verse. For the time is coming, and this is, this is what I was talking about. The time, is, the time isn't coming, it's here. When people will not tolerate or endure sound and wholesome instruction, but having ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying, they will gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number. Now, uh, and I've mentioned this before, you know, this scripture, what this scripture is implying is that we shouldn't be heaping to ourselves one teacher after another to a considerable number. This is, this is a sign 
If, 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 you, if you have to have all kinds of... T- and you know what? That's, that's where a lot of people are at. They won't sit at one church for a long period. I mean, there are people that they, they love Winner's Church, but they're not coming to Winner's Church. Because if they have to come here and stay here and hear me all the time... Now, and it's not just me. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I don't think I'm exclusive. I think that they don't go to other churches and stay there for long periods of time either. Because if they have to stay there too long, then their lives might have to reflect what's being preached. There might be an expectation that there come about a change in their life that aligns them with the doctrine that's being preached. You understand? Now, whether it's true doctrine or it's false doctrine, no matter what it is, if you hang out with someone long enough, There's an expectation that you're going to embrace what it is that they're saying and what it is that they're teaching and that you will, there'll be a change in your life. And when, and when there doesn't come a change, see, some of us haven't put together yet that our lives, our lives begin to fall apart when we refuse to change. There's about four people that agreed with that, and the rest of you are still thinking about it. <laughs> but you know, that's, that's, why, that's, why this is it. that's why it's important. We won't endure sound doctrine, and, and the way we don't endure sound doctrine is by exposing ourselves to all kinds of doctrines so we don't have to adhere to one. And that is a, that is a sign of what God is saying is coming in the last days that we need to resist. So by exposing yourself to lots of teachers does not help you. That's not helpful. What that does is that gives you so many different options that it gives you the ability to not choose anything. You know, I I hope, uh, I'm I'm not going to, I want to say this, but I don't want to offend anyone, but I don't think that they will hear this so I'm going to say it. My daughter, I love her. She is so wonderful. She is. I just think about her. She is the light of my life. I tell you that girl, she walks in and I feel like someone turns the lights on for me. It's just like, I love her. And, and uh, my boy too, he's in here somewhere around here. No, he's probably in the back of my office eating donuts. But anyway. Hopefully you can hear me, Gabe. But anyhow, my daughter, she's so wonderful. But she, uh, she, you know, she used to want to sit with dad, and then she met a boy. And, uh, you know, used to be fighting over who was, I'm sitting next to dad. No, I'm sitting next to dad. And then it wasn't fighting over who's sitting next to dad. Now she's going to sit next to Isaiah. And she, she married this old boy, which is right, you know, it's a good thing. She ought to be sitting next to Isaiah. <sighs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love Isaiah. Isaiah is a wonderful fella. And he, he is a, uh, I couldn't ask for a better son-in-law than Isaiah. When, I remember when he came around, she wasn't really interested in dating him. And she was trying to date another boy. And I said, why don't you, I said this, why don't, she doesn't remember this, but I said, why don't you date Isaiah? He's such a fine fella. He, he's a Christian. He loves the Lord. He seems to be a, 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 a good, of good character. He's a great guy. And she was just like, eh. 
Not that she didn't, you know, find Isaiah attractive. I don't, I'm not sure what the deal was. I, I think maybe she, you know, I don't think Michael ever perceived or understood how gorgeous she was. You know what I'm saying? And so she, you know, she just kind of, eh, maybe he's, you know, uh, not someone that uh, would be attracted to me. But uh, anyway, uh, one day he wanted to take her to prom, and they're like, we're going as friends. And he said, I would like to take your daughter to the prom, but we're going as friends. I said, no. I, see, I said, either you're legitimately going to ask my daughter on a date or you're not. I said, you're either going to take her out. because I said, do you like her? Well, yeah. I said, do you like her as more than a friend? I mean, this was in the foyer of the church. I'm like, I, I ain't about to listen. I ain't about to do all that. Let go on his friends. I said, you ain't going. I'm spitting all over everybody. Sorry, Ella. You in the splash zone today. Uh, I'm like, no, listen, you, you. I said, I, I, he said, well, you know, I, I, you know, I could tell he didn't. But see, that's the thing. When you, when you introduce yourself to all kinds of stuff, When you give yourself so many options, it don't help you. All you're sleeping around ain't helping you to make a good decision. Jumping in one bed and then in another bed and then anyway, well, I'm just gonna have me as many as I can. That way I know, I know, you know what I what I want. No, listen, you're not helping yourself. But see, that's the that's the mindset of of a generation that is the thought process of people and they don't realize that what they what they're doing is they're overcomplicating something that is very simple you know what you you don't you don't fall in love with people you choose to love people when when god told me annie was my wife the minute he said that i chose her i had chosen other people before her people to love i chose those people to love those people turned out uh, it, it, it wasn't going to work out between me and them. You understand? When I chose to love them and what was in that relationship didn't, didn't, uh, didn't measure up to what my expectations were, what I believed God had for me, I knew then that wasn't the Lord. And so I didn't stay too long with, with anyone else. But when, when it came to Marianne, I chose to love her. Th these other people I had chosen to love, I had chosen to love them. But you know what? They weren't, they weren't making that kind of commitment to me. But Annie, she is willing to throw in with me. She's like, all right, I'll throw in with you. I'll say that God told me and we'll commit ourselves to one another and we'll leave ourselves no other option. Some people find that restrictive. Yes. Amen. Yes. Marriage is restrictive. Imagine that. Marriage creates boundaries. Do you know what we'll never have to worry about? Sexually transmitted diseases. Amen. I'm not going to have to worry about paying child support. Glory. I'm not going to have to worry about going on the Maury show and being like, the lie detector test is determined. <laughs> but you know what? We 
I'm, I'm likening this to a marriage because that's the way, that's the, that's the, that's the walk that we have with, with God. The walk with God, the Bible says that the path that we've chosen is not a broad path because the broad path is filled with pitfalls and destruction. Isn't that what the word says? But the path that we walk on with Christ is a narrow path and it's narrow on purpose. It's narrow on purpose. Are y'all hearing me? You know what? This is not what this generation wants to hear. This generation don't want to hear that God, uh, that, that, the, that a walk with God is a walk that has boundaries. I'm, I'm not even talking about the generation of the world. I'm talking about the generation, the generation that sits in the church today. They don't want to hear about boundaries. They want to hear about, I can, I can hear whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. I can say whatever I want. I can hang out with whoever I want to hang out with. I can go to church anywhere. Man, we have, we have, we, we have people, or we have had people, uh, they haven't been around lately, but we have had people, and they might come through every now and again, that um, they come to our church and they go to this other church that starts at you know a certain time and then they go to another church after they leave our church but anyway one of the things that uh, I was talking about my daughter and her husband one of the things that concerned me about my uh, my before my uh, uh, son-in-law married my daughter was the fact that um, he uh, he came to our church, and I, I believe in bat, the Holy Ghost baptism. I believe that uh, every believer has two experiences. You ought to have two different experiences with the Holy Spirit. You ought to have the first experience with the Holy Spirit when he comes to live on the inside of you when you get born again. But then Jesus talked about another experience with the Holy Spirit. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So he's in us, but Jesus said he would come upon us and that we would have power. In other words, we would be baptized in the Holy Ghost or we would be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Like water baptism, you get immersed in water. Holy Ghost baptism is when you become immersed in the Spirit. He's, he's in us when we get born again, but we become immersed in him when we're spirit-filled, uh, when we get spirit-baptized. Some people say, is that a separate experience from salvation? Well, Jesus said it was. Jesus, his disciples got filled with the Spirit when he breathed on them. The Spirit of God came on the inside of them. And then he said, now go to Jerusalem and wait till he comes upon you. He's in you for, for your walk. He comes upon you for the work. And so they went to Jerusalem and they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now, when my, when my, uh, uh, when my uh, son-in-law... And I were having a conversation about he and my daughter getting married. I was like, I want to I want to know where you stand on Holy Ghost baptism, on the spirit filled life. I want to know where you stand on miracles and the demonstration of the power of God and the gifts of the spirit and uh, ministry and fivefold ministry and how that's done. And and how do you, you know what, what what is your what are your thoughts on worship? How expressive should worship be? You know, um, you're, you're rather reserved. He said, well, you know, I've heard a lot of teaching and stuff on that. I've read lots of books. I've heard lots of different perspectives. I said, so what is your conclusion? Well, he said, I've heard so many, and I'm not knocking my son-in-law. This is just the spirit of the age. This is what this scripture is talking about. I knew I shouldn't have gone to this scripture. <laughs> this is what this scripture is talking about. Are, are you getting a clear picture of what I'm, that this scripture is talking about here today? This is what this, there is a spirit of the age 
There's a spirit that is working in this, in this age and in this hour that is working to get us to abandon sound and wholesome doctrine and trying to get us to heap upon ourselves one teacher after another to a considerable number. Why? What's the purpose of that? Well, because when you hear lots of different perspectives, and this was, the, this was what my son-in-law said. Now, I would not say this if he was here. I wouldn't want to make him, you know, uncomfortable. But uh, I'm positive they won't listen to this, though. Man, watch him be listening right now. Dear God. Now, anyway, um, so I said to him, I said, just, I said, where are you at on speaking with tongues and Holy Ghost baptism? He said, well... He said, I believe in it. I said, okay. I said, uh, so um, have you received the Holy Ghost baptism? He said, well, I've never. He said, I believe I have, but I've never spoken with tongues. I said, well, then you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost. I said, and the only reason it concerns me, I said, is, is, is this reason. I don't want, I don't want uh, you guys to have kids and then me have grandkids and then you have a problem with me taking them to church and getting them baptized in the Holy Ghost. I said, I mean, the only, I said, the only reason why you even have a, a, a girl sitting here and you're even considering marrying is because me and her mother prayed in tongues. I said, she is a result of tongues and, and prayer in tongues. Had we not prayed in tongues, there wouldn't be a Michael. There wouldn't be a Gabe. There wouldn't be none of it. I said, and I said, she can sit here and tell you and testify to you of the times that she was physically, supernaturally healed by the spirit while we prayed in tongues. You know, she would she would get these real bad. um, What is it? uh, Bladder kidney infections. And she, UTI, she would get these bad UTIs when she was, when she was really young. Like, uh, she was tiny, man. What, she had to be 9 or 10 years old. And, and she would get these UTIs, and she'd sit on the toilet and just cry because she was in such pain. And I'd go in there with her, and I'd kneel down next to that toilet, and I'd grab hands with my little daughter, and I'd say, let's pray, baby. She would pray, Dad, pray. And I'd pray for God in the name of Jesus. I'd pray for her to be able to, to uh, have this this uh uh take this and, and urinate and pee today we didn't say that urinate but you know lord let her be able to pee without any pain in the name of jesus lord i thank you that you're touching her right now that she's walking in healing health divine wholeness and lord i thank you i said go ahead baby in the name of jesus right now and i'd be like shelefrenia hobrosa kala i'd go to praying in tongues over lay my lay my hand on her she'd she and she'd sit there and she'd go it's working dad it's working it got to the point, it got to the point where I went in there one time. It was, we were in Ohio and I was supposed to go and preach that night and she got, and she got sick. I canceled the meeting and she felt so bad. She's like, dad, I don't want you to cancel your preaching. I'm like, baby, I said, uh, we're going to pray this through. I, I got to be here with you. She's like, but dad, I said, but, but dad, nothing. I said, they'll be all right. And so I canceled the meeting. We'd even stayed longer just to do the meeting. Uh, she stayed with me and Annie and Gabe uh, went home. But uh, I was kneeling in there and praying, and I said, we're going to pray, baby. Let's pray. And she sat down, and she's sitting there, and I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus. She stopped me. She said, Dad, pray in the tongues. Just pray in the tongues, Dad. It always works when you pray in the tongues. I said, all right, baby. I just started praying. And she she said, it's working, Dad. I looked at him. I said, I said, I said, uh, 
He said, no, he said, I, I, my, my son-in-law, he said, I believe all that. I said, so where are you at? He said, well, he said, people have good arguments for, you know, for no tongues and people have good arguments for tongues and some people have good arguments for a spirit baptism and, and, and some people don't. He said, you've been the most persuasive out of everyone I've heard preach on it. He said, you've helped me so much to understand more about uh, Holy Ghost baptism and tongues and praying in tongues and the gifts of the spirit and the man. He said, uh, he said, you've done an outstanding job at teaching. I said, so where are you? He said, you know what? He said, I've just chosen to not make a decision just based on the fact that I've heard so many perspectives. I'm not sure what to choose, so I've chosen nothing. You know what? That's an entire generation sitting in the church today. You want to know why we don't, you know what, you want, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. You know why in this church we don't see the power of God demonstrated and manifested in the way that we hope? Because some of you are still on the fence about what you believe and how you believe it. And what you believe isn't based on, some of, some of us what we believe isn't based on what I've preached. It's based on our personal experience and what we've seen or haven't seen. What we felt and what we haven't felt. What we've experienced and what we haven't experienced. Well, guess what? There's a whole lot of things in that book that we haven't experienced. And the only way that we're going to experience it is if we're, number one, we are taught it. We believe it. We start acting in faith according to what the book says. And then we hang on to that faith and we believe that God's going to do it until it's manifested. Amen. That's how anything is birthed out of the spirit and into the natural. You know what? It starts with the people. Oh, glory to God. Boy, I am on this right now. Amen. Is this helping anybody at all today? See, that's what that, that's what, that's, that's why you don't go to teacher after teacher after you, you settle. You know what I told him? I said, listen, I'm going to tell you something that I've never told anybody before. I said, you need to make a decision. I said, whether it's a decision to believe what I believe or it's a decision to believe what someone else told you. I said, but you need to stand on something. You need to stand somewhere. You need to plant yourself firmly on some doctrine. Choose one, pick it, marry yourself to it. If you have to change your mind later, change your mind later, but choose. Choose something because if you choose nothing, then you give God no opportunity to correct you and you give no, God no opportunity to do what he does when you've chosen something. But when you choose nothing, he can't tell you anything. He can't correct you because there's nothing to correct. And he can't demonstrate himself to you in whatever you've, if you've not chosen anything, how's he going to do what it is that he does? I'd rather have people pick wrong than pick nothing. At least if you pick wrong, there's an opportunity for correction to come. There's an opportunity for you to discover you picked wrong. But if you pick nothing, there's no opportunity whatsoever. Are y'all hearing any of this today? See, we've got we've to be able to trust. There's a whole generation that believes that if they're, going to, if they're going to navigate the waters of this present age, that they're going to have to do it on the merits of their own abilities. 
You know what? You're not going to make it on your own abilities. You're not going to make it by what you see in the natural. You're not going to make it by, by the perception. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, if you try to navigate the waters of this present age by what you think that you know in the natural, you're, you're dead in the water already. I said, just pick. You know what? Some people can't. Some people can't bring themselves to choose. Some people can't bring themselves to choose. Whether it's they feel like they'll disappoint someone. Listen, you're not, listen, listen to me, church. I, I wish to God some people would just choose. There have been people that couldn't make up their mind whether they, whether they were supposed to be a part of Winner's Church or part of another church. And so they split their time. Finally, I said, in fact, my, my son-in-law was one of them. He played on our worship team, yet he went to Life Church. I was like, dude, I can't. unfortunately, I can't continue to have you on my worship team if you're going and, and you feel like you're going to Life Church. He says, well, I go there because I feel connected to this such and such a group. I said, I know we don't have that group here, but maybe God's trying to give you an opportunity to create that group here. Just because we don't have something here, you know, some people think it's a <laughs> choose. Choose. I said, you'll have to make a choice or I'll have to make it for you. I said, and I'd hate for you to, I, I said, honestly, I'd hate for you to go to life. But if that's really where you feel called and really where you feel like you can fulfill your purpose, if you feel like that they will pour into you there and, and get out of you what God put in you for, for this, for your life, if you, will, if you will become what God called you to be under that, under that pastor and in, under that leadership, then that's where you need to go. But if you believe that God can do with you here. I said, you, you told me you feel like you're called to worship. I said, I, you're not going to get an opportunity there to, to be on a worship. You're not going to, you're going to go through the process of, they're going to, they're going to, you're going to go through that whole deal of, what do they call it, trying out. You're going to have to go through auditions. You're going to have to, and believe me, you're going to have to play on a different level if you're going to be on the worship team at Life Church. But here, we're, we're, we're all about trying to get people raised up and trained up. We're going we're gonna to put some people up here don't know, come here from Sikkim. It's going to be frustrating sometimes. You as a congregation, you know what? You as a congregation, sometimes you're going to have to put up with people that are mediocre when it comes to leading worship. You know why? Because we are a training center. We are a place where we give people opportunities to get up and to blow it. See, some of y'all, some of y'all, I've had some people come and preach and they're like, well, you know, I didn't enjoy that. And then the next time I tried to get them up to preach, some of y'all were like, well, if they're preaching, I ain't coming. Okay, yeah, next time, next time you're going to try something new, we're going to ditch you too, you nasty thing. See, that's a, <laughs> amen. I can tell I haven't said that to y'all in a while. I say that all the time when I'm preaching out. Y'all are. <laughs> no, okay. 
No, I'm, you know what I'm saying? You know, we get, we get that way where we want, you know, we want people to, to help us, to help us to be whatever it is that God wants us to be. We get in that mode. But then somebody else, you know, gets up where it's kind of cringy. And instead of us being like, I'll be all right. Though, you, you're, amen. Go ahead. You'll be all right. Hang in there. It's okay. We got you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. See, that, that's, that's what we ought to be doing because that's the kind of church we are. But I told him, I said, you may not get, a, you may not get an opportunity there to do that. You're going you're to have people your age there, but you're gonna have, are you going to have an opportunity to do ministry? Well, he chose. He chose Life Church. Well, I knew when he chose Life Church that Mikey would soon follow, which is not what I, that's not what I desired. That's not what I wanted. But you know what? At least he chose. Finally, man, I had to get him to choose a church. I had to get him to choose my daughter. You know, that sucks big time when you got to when you got to make people choose. But, you know, that's how this generation has been that it's it's and it started to make its way into the leadership of churches. Pastors don't want to choose. Oh, dear God. You know what, church? You have to, you have to break, you have to personally, I'm not talking about just us corporately. You personally, today, you know what? I want you personally to make a decision. Make a decision, make a decision and ask God to help you to stand with your decision that you are going to choose sound and wholesome doctrine, that you're going to choose the way that you believe, that you're going to choose whether you're going to talk in tongues or you're not going to talk in tongues. You're going to choose Holy Ghost baptism or not Holy Ghost baptism. You're you're going to choose gifts of the Spirit or not gifts of the Spirit. But once you choose, you're going to stick with your choice. No matter what it looks like in the natural, you're going to stick with what you choose. And the only way you're going to get off your choice is if the Lord comes along and he shows you you chose wrong. Choose something else. Not your circumstances telling you you chose. The Lord Jesus, the Spirit of God. You know, the same Spirit that the same Spirit that drew you to an altar to get born again is the same Spirit that will draw you to the right choices and the right places in doctrine, the right places in life. Amen. Are you hearing me today? If he if he could speak loud enough to get your backside out of a chair and to get you to an altar to get you born again and to get you saved, he can talk loud enough to persuade you that, that the direction that you're going in your life is right do not allow circumstances to drive you here and there God never listen I'm, I'm gonna tell y'all that God never speaks through natural circumstances you can never determine what God is trying to tell you based on what's going on in your life man all hell's breaking loose I wonder what the Lord's trying to tell me. The Lord ain't trying to tell you nothing. The devil's trying to kill you. God ain't trying to tell you nothing through craziness. The devil's trying to kill you. When God talks, you know what? I don't know if you know this or not. You were created in his image and in his likeness, and he talks with a mouth just like you do. And he speaks words just like you do. I said this during our teaching this week. God does not speak to us through Morse code. 
He, he is not that complicated. You understand? He's not trying to keep it from the Russians. You understand what I'm saying? He is not speaking in some kind of, of, of special. <laughs> he's not talking Cherokee. He's not talking, you know, so, you know what I mean? He's, God is talking in English. He's talking in, in Spanish. He's talking in whatever language it is that you understand the best. He is talking plainly and openly so that you can hear him and follow his voice. But see, we got we to learn how to tune out the things that the Bible tells us through sound. Amen. All right. Now go to the, oh, man. Now go to Matthew chapter 7. <laughs> so you see what's happening in this age. There's an attempt by the spirit of this age to get us away from being established on we're not being able to distinguish the voice of God. Then, listen, that's why some of you are here this morning. I, I, don't, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to go. I don't know what direction. Here's the thing about God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life might seem uncertain, but when you hide your life in Christ, nothing is uncertain. He never changes. He's always the same. The Bible says this, Behold, I am the Lord. I change not. The law may change, but God doesn't work according to the laws of men. They can pass as many laws as they want to that justify sin. It doesn't justify sin. I don't care, I don't, I don't care what, the laws, what the laws of men say. Whatever God said is true. The culture changes. You know what? The culture changes, but our God never changes. He cha Say, he changes, not. he changes not. Turn to someone, tell them he changes not. He changes not. God's not going to change his mind based on the opinions of men, based on the tendencies of mankind to wander into things that they don't belong. Amen. God still hates sin. He doesn't hate us. He hates sin. Amen. Amen. I don't care how many people. <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe I should. I'm going to. I'm just going to say that. Here's. I'm not afraid. It's not that I'm afraid. I want to make sure that I'm saying what the Lord tells me to say. Because I don't want anyone to get the wrong impression. Does, does, does God, is God loving and compassionate and merciful? Yes, he is. But it doesn't change. It doesn't change what he said, and where he stands. I reckon if you're struggling financially, the Lord's heart goes out. Listen, my heart goes out to my kids if they're struggling. They've never struggled real bad financially. We've never let them. But if they ever did, I, I reckon that my heart would go out to them, and I'd want to be helpful to them if they struggled financially. But it wouldn't change where I stand on tithing and offering giving. In fact, when my, if my kids ever go through something financially, you know what my first question is going to be to them? Are you giving your tithe? Are you giving in offerings? Are you ensuring that you're allowing God into your finances? If you're not, then you need to immediately look at what you have in your account, give 10% of what you have, and then determine from here on out you're going to give to God. 
If you will give to him, he will give to you. If you don't, it's a crapshoot. It really is. He might have compassion and mercy on you and, 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 and all kinds of stuff. And he might, he might rescue you out of all kinds of trouble and you not do a thing right. And you can count on that sometimes. But you can, you, can, you can be assured that he will always do what his word says. So that when you bring your tithe, he will open up the windows of heaven for sure and pour you out a blessing there's not room enough to receive. He'll rebuke the devourer for your sake, etc., etc., etc. Amen. All right, where, where are we at? Matthew, <laughs> Matthew chapter 7. <laughs> we, start, we started early, didn't we? Okay, so. <laughs> so do you understand that before you can ever look at me, y'all, please, one more time. I was going to reiterate this one, one last time. Okay, now go ahead and put that, uh, not, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Just one more time, make this clear. If you have any hope of navigating through discernment of the Spirit, this present age, you've got to be determined that you're going to endure sound doctrine. That you are going to get off the broad path and get on the narrow path. That you're not going to do what everybody else is doing. You're going to do what the Bible says. You're not going to heap upon yourself one teacher after another to a considerable number. But you're going to settle not settle for, you know, not settle in the way of settling for less or whatever. No, no, you're going to settle for what the word says. And that is that it's going to, there's going to be an attempt by the spirit of this age to get you to be inundated with lots of different ways and lots of different thinkings and lots of different stuff for this purpose, for this purpose and for this purpose alone, so that you will not choose and establish yourself on sound doctrine. Amen. Now, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone, that's, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Now, notice what it says. Not everyone that saith, uh, does he need a microphone? Does he have a word? Uh, not everyone that... <laughs> Yeah, like we at the house. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father. Did you hear that? Again, uh, bringing into question that there, there, not everyone is going to be right. Not everyone is going, even if they say, Lord, Lord, even if they claim the name of the Lord, not everyone that says that is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
But who's going to enter into the kingdom of heaven? He that doeth the will of my Father. Well, we, we found out the will of God is the word of God. They're one and the same. If you want to know the will of God, all you got to do is know the word of God. Amen. Next verse. Many will say to me in that day, many will say, say many will say. So it's not just a few, it's many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many mighty works. And so these are the ones that say, Lord, Lord, um, and they, there are many of them that will, that will say to the Lord, I prophesied, I, I cast out demons and I did many wonderful works. Verse, 20, uh, verse 23, and then I will profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So we can determine this. We can't base our discernment on what we see in the natural. We can't go by what we see in the natural. Because there are going to be people that cast out devils, that do many mighty works, that say, Lord, Lord. And Jesus is going to say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. All right? Isn't that, isn't that what that says? So does that concern anyone at all? When, you, when you've heard that before we started this, when you've heard that in the past, did it raise some concerns in you about how, okay, man, you know, how am I, I you know, you know what, what concerns me when I read that? How do I stay out of that category? Because I do not want to stand before God. You know what? When I get to heaven, I want the Lord to be like, well done, my goodness. I don't want him to just look at me and go, well. I want to hear, well done. I don't even want to hear him say, I did everything right. I just want him to say, well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You know what? I'll take well done. Even if he don't get into my good and faithful servant, if he just says, well done, I'll be like, Lord, you said enough. Amen. You said enough. I just don't want to, well, I mean, I guess I'll take it, but... Not what I prefer. So, uh, did we, uh, we did we talk about um, the Book of Acts? Did we talk about that? Andy, did we talk about that? All right. So, uh, go to the Book of Acts, chapter uh, chapter sixteen. And can 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 I have five more minutes? I know we're already at the time. Melody, why do you let me do this? You should, you should give me the... Uh, <laughs> you should be like, pastor, pastor, man, you... <laughs> Is this helping anyone this morning? I know, I know it seems like we've gone over it a bunch, but you know, I think every time we go over it, it, it becomes more and more clear. Is that right? It does, it, does it become more and more clear? I, it does for me. I feel like I communicate it better and better every time I say it. Maybe, uh, maybe I ought to get with Ayla. Tell her what I'm going to say and have her regurgitate it back to me and write it down. <laughs> I'll give her credit the first time, but after that, the Lord told me. <laughs> Ayla will be charging me a little premium. <laughs> How many paragraphs do you need, Pastor? 
$50 a paragraph. Oh, it's a monthly subscription? <laughs> I'll get the Ayla app. <laughs> uh, Acts chapter 21, verse 1 through 13. Acts 21, 1 through 13. So we, 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 we did talk about this. To, to, you've got to be careful that you have no preconceived ideas when, when, you're, when you're trying to discern what God is saying, what God is doing. You have to, all the preconceived ideas that you have, uh, you can't go by what you see in the natural. You can't go by what you feel in the natural. Uh, you've, got to, uh, you've got to rely upon the Spirit. And it came to pass that after we'd gotten from, away from them, we launched, we came with a straight course unto Coos in the day, uh, following to Rhodes and from thence unto uh, Patera. And finding a ship sailing over unto Phoenicia, we went abroad <laughs> and, set, and set forth. Next verse. Uh, now when we had discovered Cyprus, we left, it on the, uh, we left it on the left hand and sailed into Syria and landed at Tyre, for there the ship was to be unlaid her burden. Next verse. And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days, who said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. Y'all remember this? Did we talk about this? So we did talk about this. So, uh, and when we had accomplished those days, we departed, went our way, and they all brought us uh, on our way with wives, children, till we were out of the city, and we kneeled down on the shore and we prayed. Next verse. And when we had taken our leave one of another, we took ship and they returned home again. Next verse. And when we had finished our course from Tyre, uh, we came to someplace, I don't know the, I don't know how to pronounce, and saluted the brethren and abode with them one day. Next verse. The next day, we that were with Paul's company departed, came to Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip the evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. And the same had four daughters virgins, which had prophesied. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle, and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they of the place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Uh, then Paul answered, what, what mean you to weep and break mine heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So we see here that by the Spirit, people had discerned something, but they didn't discern rightly. So there were people that saw that Paul was going to suffer when he went to Jerusalem, and they told Paul, don't go. And then a prophet came and he said the same, except for he didn't tell Paul whether to go or not. He said, Paul, you're going to suffer when you go to Jerusalem. He bound himself up and said, this is what's going to happen to the man that owns his belt. And then everybody that, was, that heard that prophecy said, don't go. And Paul said, not only am I going to go and am I ready to be bound, but I'm ready to die. See, Paul knew that it was God's purpose for him to go to Jerusalem and that whatever happened to him there would happen. See, we can't have preconceived ideas about, uh, about what God is saying and what direction he's leading us if we're going to discern right. Because sometimes we won't follow the Lord to places where he wants us to go if we let our minds get involved. You know, there's a, there's a scripture in the book of Luke that says this, And Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted 40 days of the devil. 
You know what? If the Spirit was leading us into the wilderness, some of us might not go because the wilderness is not, um, the wilderness is not attractive. But the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, and not only did Jesus go into the wilderness, he was tempted 40 days of the devil, and he came out on the other side hungry, tired, but victorious. Amen. Amen. And there were some things that were established in his life and in his ministry as a result of his obedience to the Spirit. Have you ever considered that some of the trouble that you butt up against, even if it was trouble that you created, that the Spirit may have led you to that place so that you can finally get a victory and whip it and get over to the other side. But some of us won't go through that journey for the shame that we may endure in our flesh. For the difficulty that might be. You know what? Look, look what was revealed. What was revealed about Jesus in those, in those days that he was tempted of the enemy? Well, it was revealed to him that he was, that he was tempted with power. He was tempted with power. The devil offered him all the kingdoms of the, of the earth. Some people say, well, Jesus, he, did, he wasn't interested in that. It already belonged to him. No, it didn't, it didn't belong to him. And Satan is the God of this world. And if Jesus was tempted, then that must have meant that the devil knew that that would have been attractive to Jesus. It wouldn't have been a temptation if it wasn't attractive to Jesus. So when the devil offered him the kingdoms of this world, that was attractive to Jesus. See, so what does temptation reveal? Well, it reveals the things that you'll be attracted to that aren't necessarily God. Not necessarily what, yeah, you know what? We don't want, do we really want that exposed? It was exposed that he was super hungry, so hungry that he'd be that he'd be willing maybe to do that. Amen. All right, praise God. I know this this isn't we're getting in the time that's not too shouting because we've been sitting here for a minute. If your butt's falling asleep, turn the other cheek. Amen. Okay. <laughs> it's scriptural. So we have, we have to remember, Isaiah 55, 9 says this, His ways are higher than our ways, and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16 says this, We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. So we have to claim the mind of God. We have to claim the ways of God. We have to claim that the Lord is going to lead us and guide us in His ways. Amen. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Mm -hmm. uh, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this up because I, I could go on and on with this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this up. Every time I try to get a little farther, yes, I'm, amen. Someone need to help. Do we need to pat you on the back a little bit? <clears throat> Did you get that last scripture? Proverbs, yes. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. You know what that is? No, go back. I'll go back to 27. Put that in the Amplified. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. See what it says in the Amplified. The spirit of man, that factor in human personality which proceeds immediately from God, is the lamp of the Lord 
searching all his innermost parts. You know what that's saying? Is that the spirit of man is the way that the Lord leads man. It's by the spirit. Church, I, I, can, I can only tell you this. It's a journey. It's a, it's a walk that you have to learn. And you're not going to learn it any other way except to get on that, on that path, to get on that journey. You know what? It's a, it's a, it's a frustrating process. It's a difficult process. You, you got to do whatever it takes to get on that journey. You know what I used to have to do? Or I, I probably didn't have to do this, but it was the way I chose to do things. I talked about this this, this week. Man, it used to be when I would pray, uh, I would have to get loud. I would pray into my pillow because my dad's neighbors would complain when I'd go to praying loud. They'd come over and bang on the door and say, someone's got the television turned up loud. I said, I'm praying. They're like, well, quit. My grandmother used to get mad at me because of my loud praying. But you know what? I felt like to be effective, I had to put, uh, I, don't, I don't think that you have to pray loud to be effective, but if you think you're more effective praying loud, pray loud. If you're being ineffective by praying soft, try praying loud. <laughs> In other words, you got to do whatever it takes. If you, if you can't hear the voice of God and you think that if you strain like this, you're going to hear him better, then strain like, do whatever it. Some people are like, well, I think maybe I need to go on a fast. Try it. Do, you you got to start on the journey somehow. And the only way to really open up the door for the Lord to start to help you to be able to discern the difference between those things that are Him and those things that are not is by getting on that path, is by starting to take that journey. You will, you will discover things that don't make you feel good. You will discover that you've done things in ways that you shouldn't have. That some of the ways that you've relied upon God leading you have not been the best ways. That sometimes you've done things that you thought were God. It wasn't God. It was you. But God helped you out anyhow. Because he loves you. Amen. But he'll show you. He'll, he'll show you. You know, uh, this journey that we're on, is, it's, it's not always mountaintops. Sometimes we're in the valley. But he's always the same. And as long as God is always a good God, we can be sure of this. Everything's going to work together for our good. I receive that. Because we love him and we are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Will you stand up with me? I've kind of landed in a cornfield here, but. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Charlie waited for me to have everybody stand up before he gave me the cut it. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. My beautiful son. Praise God. Is this how the cool kids do it? They just run it real low like this? Yeah. <clears throat> Back in the day, the rock stars be slinging their guitars way low, you know. Now keyboard players, they're playing down here. I, fig I figured so he can reach with his foot if he really 
feels the spirit. <laughs> Praise God. You know, women have uh, are very intuitive. They talk about women's intuition. You know, that's a real thing. Women are very intuitive. Uh, I remember there was a woman came to our church when we first started. She came from another church. I, I couldn't figure out why she had come because she didn't like me at the other church. It was at y'all's old church. She came from y'all's old church. And when I was there for revival, oh, she hated me. She told pastor as much. She's like, I like you. She didn't come to the meetings. But then when, when after that revival, we started church, she showed up at the church. And she was all involved. I mean, she was up front, just had her hands up in the air. And uh, in my mind, I thought, well, praise God. Maybe she's had a change of heart. But the minute I got in the spirit, the Holy Ghost said, that woman uh, beware, beware. I was like, okay, that's all I needed to know. That's all I needed to know. So we were having revival over in Fort Worth, Texas. And I said, I have a couple extra seats in the airplane if anyone wants to go to Fort Worth. If there's a couple people that would like to ride along, you're more than welcome to come. Well, she raised her hand. She said, I want to go. And then there was one other person that said they wanted to go. Now, you know, I was, I was okay. I said, okay. I was okay with it. Lord told me to beware. But I was okay with it because I had two other people going to be in the airplane with me. So I was like, all right. After that service, I'm going to tell you every woman in that church, every woman that was a part of winter, I mean, from Twyla all the way, I think Twyla was the first one. I, I, I didn't even say amen in the prayer. I, I was like, hey, I just said, hey, out my eyes, and Twyla was right there in my face already. Amen. Twyla says, listen, that woman right there, Pastor, you don't need to be around that woman, not for one second. I was like, thank you, Twyla. Thank you. For, I said, I know. I know. Man, one long after that, another one came. Another one came. Another one. I saw Annie sitting back there. I thought, here in a minute, she's going she to start. Of course, she waited for everybody to be done. My sister was, happened to be there that day. She was like, I, I ain't about to tell you your business, but that one right there, you need to stay away from her. My sister ain't even born again. You understand? <laughs> I got in the car with Annie, and Annie was like, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with you taking that woman with you. To, I said, I know. I know. I, I'm aware. I'm aware. It'll be all right. So thank God I, there was another woman that came with us, and then a young man that came with us. And uh, I was glad because uh, the, uh, the other woman that had come with us, at that time she was doing pretty good, is Shauna she was doing pretty good. And uh, she sat in there, and this woman went to saying something. And I mean, Shauna was all over her like ugly on an ape. <laughs> Shauna Swenson, she was on her like ugly on an ape, man. I mean, they went back and forth. They didn't even, that woman never even had an opportunity to try anything, say anything to me, because Shauna had her busy. 
<laughs> it was awesome, man. And you know what it was over? The temperature in the airplane. <laughs> but you know, you, you, uh, in the, had anyone just looked in the natural, they'd have thought everything was all right. But here's the, here's the thing also. Even if you're a woman and you have, you're very intuitive, you can't always rely on that. You, you have to rely on the Holy Spirit. You have to rely on her because women's intuitiveness would have kept all that from happening. But I think the Lord really intended for that lady to go. Do you know, do you know what happened when she went? She was given an opportunity to repent, to turn away from her weirdness. And she didn't. She didn't repent. She didn't turn away from her weirdness. She had, she had gone to that pastor over at that church and told him, you married the wrong woman. You're supposed to marry me. You need to divorce your wife. You need to come with me. I got a phone call about a week later telling me that. I was like, well, I said, now she's over here. They're like, beware. I said, boy, I am. But we extended grace because we believe God. Even if you are jacked up, we believe in God with you. So we let her hang around. She was like that woman that hung around Paul and them, said, these men are men of God. I mean, she did everything right. She went through all the right motions. She, we would worship. She'd be right up front. She'd get down on her face. I mean, it was crazy. Then I heard she's going to the cemetery, trying to conjure the dead, talking to dead people. So finally, I decided I needed to have a talk with her. So I called her up and I said, hey, listen, you know, I really believe that, uh, I really believe you can be helped. She said, what are you talking about? I said, well, I believe you're demon possessed. I believe you have a, de I believe you have a demon. She said, well, why would you say that? I said, well, when you tell a pastor you were supposed to be his wife, and I mean, this was, you know, about a month and a half later. She had no idea I knew all this. I said, well, when you call up a pastor, tell him he was supposed to marry you instead of marry the woman he's with. I said, number one, I said, that's not God. That's an evil spirit. I said, number two, you're going to the cemetery talking to dead people. That's the devil. I said, that's, that's not God. I said, you're not. I, I said, and you know what? I said, I can't really counsel with you and talk with you. You know, uh, uh, what are you going to say about me? I said, already you've, you've proven you're not trustworthy to be around another preacher, another man. So I can't talk to you. I said, so I've made arrangements. I said, I called a woman pastor that I know, and I asked her if she would sit down and talk with you and pray with you and get you delivered from e e these evil spirits that are binding you up. I said, because I want to be, be as helpful as I can. I just, I, I can't help you. But I think this person can. Boy, you know, she turned all kind of ugly then. How dare you? Pretty soon everybody in the church was getting emails. She tried to say Pastor Mikey and I were homosexual. <laughs> that was what she said to some people. And then some people, she said that Pastor Mikey and, and Christy Aquino was having a, a fling or something like that. Uh, but she, she told all kinds of stuff. To, she just went, she, she tried to start all kinds of stuff. Well, you know, 
I guess some people just don't realize you have a microphone. If you ever get a microphone in your hand, there's some power with that. So I had to, I had to get up, straighten all that out, and she got the left foot of fellowship from Winner's Church. We hated to do it. There's only two people I had to ask to leave this church. Only two. I didn't even ask her. We just kicked her plum out. <laughs> then there was one other one that wanted to fight Debbie in the parking lot. And, and, bo and both of them, both of them, <laughs> both of them happened within the first month of our existence. So they both got the boot pretty fast. One of them was Ted's sister trying to fight Debbie in the parking lot. I was like, listen, get out of here. Don't come back. She's like, how dare you? I said, no, how dare you? You act like this is the streets of New York City. Are you kidding me? Who you think you are, Nikki Cruz? <laughs> listen, and Debbie was pulling her earrings off and everything. She I was like, Debbie about to whoop you in the name of Jesus. I was like, <laughs> I've never seen Debbie scrap, but I'm telling you. I, <laughs> I was like, you ought to be lucky. I'm saving your life. Get out of here. <laughs> I love, I love, I love Ted's sister, but Ted, Ted called her and told her, he said, hey, pastor said, don't come back if you're going to act that way. That's what she told her. Don't come back. She didn't. She, yeah. Pastor said you got to behave yourself if you're going to come back to church. But he said don't come back if you ain't going to behave yourself. Well, she didn't come back. She did come back a couple times. And she behaved herself fairly well. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That morning she got super chatty and I said, when you went under, because she had gone through surgery, and I said, when you went under anesthesia, did they charge you for putting a tube down your throat? <laughs> she goes, yeah, they had to intubate me. I said, you know, they do that because some people, they talk under anesthetic and they won't shut up. So they put that down their throat to get them to shut up. She had no idea I was trying to tell her, you've talked too much already. You need to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> she, she wouldn't get the picture. <laughs> of course, I was yeah, I was teasing with her. It was a, it was a joke. But anyway, amen. The, the adventures of Winner's Church, amen. We could already write a book. Amen. But you have what it takes. Turn to someone and say, you have what it takes to, you have what it takes to navigate the, this path. I'm, I'm going to tell y'all something. I, I don't know y'all. Are, are y'all here together? Are, are, you, are you married? You're not brother and sister then. Because, see, sometimes I have brothers and sisters come, and I'll be like, are y'all together? They say, yeah. And then I, 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 I sometimes am making a wrong assumption. Because the Lord don't tell me everything. You know, because they're like, you're a prophet. You tell me. No, well, you know. He only tells me what he wants to tell me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to tell y'all this. The Lord, he's not, he's not trying to tell you nothing through what you're going through. Nothing about what you're going through is God trying to tell you anything. God's not trying to learn you anything. Or That's what my daughter used to say. When she was in pre-K, pre they took her over to the pre-K and, and they said, uh, they asked them questions and they read them to us later. 
You know, we asked your daughter what was her favorite thing about pre-K. She said snacks. And we asked her, they, this is serious, they said, we asked her, what did you learn at pre-K? Her answer, my daddy learned me everything. <laughs> I was like, that's right. <laughs> In other words, they weren't about to teach her a thing. <laughs> I'll never forget one, one pastor was trying to bribe her with money. I know how to get her to come and sit down and talk with me. I'll give her some money. And so he got out some money. He got out a dollar bill, and he's, he's clicking it like this. And she's sitting on my lap. He's like, she'll come over here now. And he goes, I'll give you this if you'll come see me. She looked straight in my eyes. She said, Dad, tell him I have my own money. I said, bro, you're going to have to rip it. You're going to have to do way better than that. This girl got money. <laughs> she was small. But anyway. <laughs> God's not trying to teach you anything based on your circumstances. But he does, he does want to help you to navigate the waters. He, he does want to give you discernment and help you to find the path that he wants to lead you down. Because I hear the Lord saying this. I hear the Lord saying that uh, seems like there's been a pause, like there's been a... a, a like there was, a, there, was, there was some progress that God had made some, there were some things that he had, that he had, that he had brought you to, some things that had been a, accomplished, but they were, but there was so much more, and you're aware of so much more. You need to be aware of this. God doesn't bless you or not bless you according to your performance based on whether you do good or not, whether you do right, whether you uh, make right choices. And that's not how God determines whether or not he's going to bless you. God's going to bless you no matter how you perform. That's his word. And he's going to bless you the more you desire for him to change your life and to, and to work in you. The more he's going to work. See, sometimes we're under the impression that we have to change to get God involved in our situation. And the reality is, is until we get him involved, we can't change. So God's not looking for you to change first to get involved. God's looking for you to say, Lord, get involved so I can change. And if, you're, and if in your heart you'll say, Lord, if you'll get involved and help me, I will, I will change. The direction of my life will change. I need, I need a change. He'll do it. Amen. But I, I see the Spirit, I see the Spirit wanting to work here today. But I, I hear him saying this. You, you gotta, you gotta take your eyes off of the natural. You gotta get your eyes on Jesus. You've got to get your eyes on Jesus. There's nothing in this world that can help you except for him. And so, Lord, I thank you. Tell me your name. Tessa and Lord I pray for Tessa and Kenneth in the name of Jesus God as I lay my hands upon them I pray that your spirit would come upon them Lord that you would help them through every challenge that they face Lord may they may they may they be 
uh, yielded to you and willing to allow you to help them to navigate the waters of the circumstances of their life based on what your spirit is saying. Lord, I, I thank you that you, you've made ways, God, ways that can only be revealed by the spirit, ways, God, that lead to you and to your, uh, to the fulfillment of your plan and your purpose. So, Father, I set them in your hands today. I thank you, Lord, that you are working together with them to fulfill your purpose, to do your will, to bring glory and honor to your name. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I don't know why I feel really led of the Spirit to say this. It doesn't... Some people, some people, they'll say, someone put a curse on me. Someone has, has, someone has used some kind of juju or some kind of, uh, there's somebody has, has bewitched me. They've put some kind of, I mean, people really feel like that there's some people that have worked along with evil spirits to, to curse people's life. Here's the, here's the thing about the curse. Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Christ has redeemed. In other words, every curse is broken when we claim and profess the name of you. You haven't got to go through a series of prayers of, uh, you know, some people say you're going to have to denounce, you're going to have to renounce, you're going to have to do. There, there are all these, usually that's introduced by teacher after teacher and having all these people heaped upon yourself. The, the, that, the Lord ain't in that nonsense. All you've got to do is follow Jesus. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. If he says anything else other than, other than that, you know, if there's anything that he needs to reveal or to show, he will. But I'm going to say this. It, it, it doesn't matter if the most evil individual or the most powerful witch or witch doctor or, or the most powerful performer of evil works, someone who knew how to get it done, they, even if they put a curse on you, it's broken today in the name of Jesus. It's broken today in the name of Jesus. Every curse is broken. And I declare that the season of loss is behind you and that the season of, of recovery is ahead. I hear the Lord saying there's some things that you, that you thought that you've lost that are not recoverable. But I hear God saying that there's nothing the Lord says that you have lost that he can't see to it that it be recovered, the Lord says. And not only recovered, the Lord says in full, but recovered with extra in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I hear the Lord saying, I hear the Lord telling me he's going to repair and heal your, your heart. I hear God saying that there's been a brokenness in your heart. The Lord said your heart didn't break the, for the first time recently. God says you, you were heartbroken long ago. Early on in your life, you, you, you were brokenhearted. And every time it seems like your heart was mended, your heart is broken again. And it's broken again. And it never seems like there's ever been a repair. Uh, uh, there's been a repair, but it's never been healed. You've never been whole. He, see, healed is when something is, you can break a bone and get healed of a broken bone. But when they x-ray it, they can still see where it was broken. You were healed. When God makes you whole, there's not even any evidence of a break. 
I hear God saying, you've been healed of, of brokenness in the past, but the Lord says you've never been made whole. The Lord says it's his desire for you to be made whole. And God says, so that your heart is never broken in the manner that it was broken in the past. The, the Lord says this. He says he wants you to leave the land of the brokenhearted. God says he wants to take you out of living in the land of the brokenhearted. In fact, he says he wants to remove you so far from the land of the brokenhearted, the Lord says, that you no longer even relate to people uh, that have been brokenhearted in the manner that you've been. God says, God says you've been drawn to people with the same brokenness that you've had, and it hadn't, it hadn't brought you to a place of complete healing and wholeness. Uh, God says you've recovered a bit, but the Lord says you've never been made completely whole. God says... God says he wants to take you out of that land. God says the days of mourning and sorrow, he wants you to leave those days behind. And he wants you to go into the land of life and living. Amen. You've been living in the land of death. God wants you to live in the land of life. The Lord says you need to quit having fellowship with death and you need to start fellowshipping with life. The Lord says, if you quit fellowshipping with death, the Lord says, it's not that you've forgotten. It's not that you don't care. It's not, it's not any of that. The Lord says... The Lord says, the Lord says he never intended for you to die. He intended for you to live. And you can't live, the Lord says, having fellowship with death. So you're, leave, you're leaving that place and you're going into a place of life. I loose you to that place today in the name of Jesus. I loose you in the name of Jesus. I declare your freedom today. Not by, not by my, listen. It has, this had nothing to do with the man standing before you. There is power in the name of Jesus to destroy every yoke and to break every chain. And by the authority and by the power in the mighty and in the matchless name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I loose you today with the authority and the power of that name. And I declare that every chain that has tried to bind you and to keep you broken is loosed off of you today. And today you're going to live in freedom that you've never known and in victory that you've never attained. Listen, you, you, didn't, you didn't earn this. You can't earn it. You didn't pay for this. You can't pay for it. The Lord Jesus purchased this for you 2,000 years ago in his death, burial, and resurrection. So when you leave here today, leave here rejoicing that Jesus paid it all. And all to him you owe. Amen. That you owe it all to him. I loose you today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Your, your, your physical body is going to change because of what's happened here today. There are things that have arisen in your physical being and, and uh, uh, cons it, it, that about sickness. Is, is this about sickness? Uh, infirmity. Uh, affliction. So there are physical afflictions that are dropping off of you right now in the name of Jesus because they, they're going to have nothing to hold on to. Amen. I hear the Lord saying, you will not meet the same demise as some of those that have come ahead of you. I hear the Lord saying that you're going to, you're going to live in a different place because God says that's where he's called you to. Amen. So I loose you in Jesus' name. Thank God. Thank God. 
Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Tell me your, tell me, uh, I, could, I, I can't remember your name. Annalise. I, I always want to call you little Andrea. <laughs> I'm sure you appreciate that too. <laughs> Annalise, the spirit of the Lord is upon you. Menesa. And I hear God saying this. I hear the Lord saying that he's going to begin to give you uh, uh, instruction. That he's going to begin to show you how to accommodate him and be able to function in this life. Because I, I hear the Lord saying that sometimes you have a hard a time uh, juggling everything in life, everything that you're having to do. And, and, and sometimes you beat yourself over the head because you feel like you've neglected the things of God and you've leaned more toward the things of the natural. And then sometimes you beat yourself over the head because you feel like you've leaned uh, more toward, you know, the things of the Lord and neglected the natural. But I hear God saying this, and, and I, hear the, I hear the Lord saying that he is dispatching help. The Lord says you're not, he says, you're not going to be alone navigating through, through all of this. I hear the Lord saying that he's going to send, uh, he's going to send, not only the Holy Ghost is going to help you, but I hear the Lord saying angels are going to be dispatched to help you with things that you can't help yourself with. I see angels being released to bring in resources to you. Resources that you didn't know that you had access to, but spiritually, but supernaturally by the Spirit, there are finances that God is going to open up the door to, that you're going to tap into, and this is going to be free money, money you don't earn, money you don't work for. There's going to be money come into your hands that's going to help you. It's going to be a resource to you that's going to help you to be able to navigate the waters of this season of your, of your life. I, I hear the I hear the Lord saying that uh, I hear the Lord saying that He's going to uh, He's going to help you to understand and to see when uh, when you when you feel bad about not devoting as much time as you think is necessary to Him and you start to try to condemn yourself. He's going to help you to see when there are times that He's going to have you devote yourself to. Uh, we we don't understand this. Do you know? Uh, Teft and I had a discussion recently kind of about this. There are times that God has us devote ourselves to some things in the natural. And sometimes it seems to take us away from the things of the Spirit. But He's asked us to devote, to devote ourselves to it. And it seems opposite of what He's created us for. But that's what He has us doing in the moment. And, and I hear the Lord tell me to tell you this. He's going to help you to discern when you're doing that and you're going to be cool with it and you're not going to feel bad and, and have to wrestle with, uh, with uh, a condemnation. Because <laughs> you still wrestle with condemnation. Some people tried to heap a bunch of rules on you and it's like chains that weigh heavy on your shoulders. And the Lord says you're not going to live under that garbage. Amen. But he, but he says this. He says he's going to help you to uh, 
I, I don't even want to use the word. I keep avoiding it. But he says, you're going to find a, ba a balance in this season. But not, you're not doing this balancing act on your own. The balance is going to be God's balance. To others, it may seem off, off kilter. You may seem off balance. So it's not going to be that you're going to be balanced in the eyes of men. You're going to be balanced in the eyes of God doing what he wants you to do. Sometimes you'll be lopsided on one side. People will say, well, you're doing too much of this, but you're going to be doing exactly what the Lord wants you to. And you'll be balanced in him. So you're going to follow him and you're going to be balanced in the Lord, doing it his way. Amen. But he's giving you eyes to see and he's removing some burdens off your shoulder. I hear the Lord saying this. He says he wants you to live a life of, of without stress and without anxiety. And the Lord says he's, he's working you in that direction. He says because most of the anxiety and the stress that you experience comes as a result of the racing of your mind. And the Lord says he's going to give you soundness of mind as he fills your mind with his word. In fact, today, the Spirit of God was helping you out as I ministered today. If, you know what? If I didn't preach for nobody else in this building but you, that's who I preached for. And that's how much the Lord loves you and how much he's concerned for. Because what, what I said today by the Spirit was exactly what you needed to hear for your life today. And the Lord helped you big time today. So when you go out of here, you're going to go in peace knowing that the Lord cares for you. Amen. That he's looking out for your walk and helping you uh, in the direction he has you to go. Amen. El feredriecte. Bere soboya. Men keredriecte. Telie brebeste. Haravru. You know, Leanne, the Lord tell me you have, you have rightly discerned the season that you're in. Because it's like the Lord is taking you back to school. Isn't that right? That's right. It's like the Lord is taking you back. It's like, you're, it's like you're opening up the Bible and you're seeing it in a way that you've never seen it before. It's like he's opening things up to you and you're like, Lord, I never saw this before. I never saw this this way before. I've never, I've never... Um, I never considered these things. But the, the, but the Lord told me to tell you this. He said, he, 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 want, he wants you to know that the time that you've spent with him has not been time wasted. Because sometimes the enemy will come along and say, see there, you wasted all that time. The Lord says, no, you didn't waste no time. God, God, says, God says, you came to a new season and a new a period of time in your life. A new door has opened up for you. And I, I hear God saying this. I hear God saying in this season, the things that you learn, you're not just going to learn and, and, and understand them in your mind. But God says as if they're being absorbed and being a part of your spiritual, they're becoming a part of your spiritual DNA. The Lord says these things that are, that are, that are being uh, downloaded into you by the Spirit are immediately becoming a part of the structure of your life. You, you don't even have to process them in your mind so much as they are taking root in your spirit and in the innermost part of your being. But I, but I hear God saying this, as you come through this season and you come through this time, the Lord says, you know where the, what the scripture says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. The Lord says transformation. This is a, this is a season of transformation for you. The Lord says people that have known you for a long time are going to watch you transformed before their very eyes. And they're going to, they're going to encounter you uh, in a way that the Lord is more prevalent and his power is more uh, pervasive 
and, and, uh, and more recognizable in you in this season than in any other season of your life. This, the Lord, we used to sing a song back in the day. We would say, in my life, Lord, be glorified today. And we'd say, in your church, Lord, be glorified. In, you know, in, in, in this way, be glorified. I hear the Lord saying, in your life, he will be glorified in a manner, the Lord says, in a higher manner than in days gone by. The Lord says, I am receiving glory out of your life. And he says, uh, and, he says and, uh, and others around you are being impacted uh, more in this season than ever before in the name of Jesus. And I see you just going about your day. I see you, I see you working. And I, I see you as you're working. Even though you're not speaking, your life, is, your life is talking. Your life is talking. The Lord says, don't think that people right away are going to come and acknowledge the change and acknowledge the impact that you made. The Lord, the Lord says, they have way too much pride to confess that they see a change in you that is affecting them positively and moving them more toward me, God says. But the Lord says this, there are, he says, those that are closest to you are being moved more closely to God as a result of what he's doing in your life in this season. He says, they will not confess it. They will not declare it. They will not, uh, they will not say it out loud. But the Lord says, it's true. It's right. God says, they're, they're being impacted and they're being affected by what the Lord has done in you. And he says, and it'll only get greater in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank God. Thank God. Amen. Amen. And uh, I'm going to finish. Yes. All right, in the name of Jesus, right now, Lord, touch Mike's mother. God, we, we know that you're the healer, and she needs it. She needs it. Lord, we declare she will live and she will not die. Whatever the damage is in her mind, her head, or in her spine, Lord, we, we, we declare healing, health, and wholeness. May everything be made right for your glory in the name of Jesus. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Now, you know, some, listen, you're, you're, I'm, I'm praying right now, and some people's lives are more, now I'm not trying to preach to y'all more, but some people's lives are more open. You know, you ought to pray that God will help you to be more open to His influence in your life. Because sometimes when people when people don't, don't allow themselves to be open to the influence of the Lord, it becomes very hard, difficult, to even when others are praying for them. Have you ever felt that way when you're praying for someone and when you're praying for them, it's like, man, it seems like there's just a wall there. Like, like you don't have as much influence or as much authority. You know what? We don't want that to be. When y'all pray, pray for me, I want, you to, I want you to feel like your prayers are, I want you to know that when you're praying, I want it to bear witness in your spirit that what you're praying is working. And I want it to work. I want it to work. Uh, we ought to want that to work. But see, right now as I'm praying for the, I know that there's a, there's a wall that's trying to hinder 
any kind of influence of the Spirit. So we break down that wall in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we declare that no matter what the enemy's plan is, God, you have a better plan. And so, devil, we bind you in Jesus' name. Lord, work on the heart of this woman. Lord, may she be more open to you and to the, and to the influence of your spirit. But God, may she receive today uh, according to your mercy, according to your grace, according to your word. May she be raised up off of the bed of affliction and be healed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be done here. Uh, I just want to say this over Gabe. Gabe, I see you next, this next year, especially during the revival specifically. I see the Lord opening up a door for you. You're going to walk through it. When you walk through that door, the Lord says, you're stepping, out of, uh, you're stepping out of where you've been. He says, even though you've become aware of the calling and aware of the anointing and you're exploring all these things that the Lord is doing in you and speaking to you, there, there's, there's, you've still, there's, it's still like you're, you're discovering. And, and you're still, it's still just something that you're, you're trying to find the mental capacity to, to be able to receive it even in your mind. But I hear the Lord saying this. I hear the Lord saying that there's, it's in the spirit there's going to be a door that opens. I know this sounds weird, but in the spirit there's a door that's going to be opened up. The Lord says step through it. Walk into it. The Lord says throw yourself into that, into that place. And he says this. He says, um, he says that's he says that's when uh, these things aren't just going to be uh, that. That's where these things are going to be implemented, where they're instituted, where they're released, where they're where you where you have a realization, where they become a living and working part of the fiber of your being and not just a word that you have to have faith in but you're going to step into an anointing into the anointing for these things and so get ready it, I've, the way it appears to me in the spirit is that you're about to have another spectacular encounter with God you're about to move into something that, that throws you into an encounter with the Lord that is you're going to ride the wave of it for a not just for one season, but for several seasons, God wants you to ride the wave of what he's about to do. But it, it, will, it will require a yielding from you to the Holy Spirit and a willingness on your part to let go and to let God accelerate you into that place. Because I hear God saying this. I hear God saying it's not his desire for another year to go by without you experiencing the fullness of the flow of the anointing of his spirit in your life in Jesus name so I'll lose that to you brother Gabe <laughs> in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus you know what, Gabe? You're not you're not off. 
Because in the spirit, you've seen yourself leading an army. You've seen yourself giving marching orders, commanding, commanding an army of people, directing them and telling them where to go and what to do. It's like you've, you, you're pointing them in, in the right direction. And, you know, you, I, think, I think you're like, well, you know, I think that'd be, I think it's right. But it's not something that you would say. But the Lord told me to tell you this. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And it may play out differently than what you've pictured it in your mind. But you're not wrong. God has, God has anointed you to command an army in this last day. And the Lord says, and it'll be by, by the Spirit and by the anointing that He places upon you. God says that you will point and you will mobilize an army of, of people that will go and will boldly declare the goodness of God. Amen. And they won't fear. There will be no fear. There'll be nothing but boldness. Holy boldness. For the Lord says, you won't, you won't walk by your feelings, but you'll walk by faith. And even though emotions will try to play a role, the Lord says you'll put them where they belong. And you'll stand firmly upon what I've said, and you'll, and you'll only direct according to my will and according to my word. And that will ensure, the Lord says, the success and victory, the Lord says, in every battle that I send you to fight. For the Lord says, I've called you to take charge of an army. The Lord says, and an army doesn't sit and observe, but an army takes up arms and fights a battle. And the Lord says, and I've already declared your victory. So God says, when you're going into the battle, the Lord says, don't go into the battle wondering, will we be victorious or will we come out on the other side having suffered defeat? The Lord says, rejoice on your way into the battle that I've already given you the victory. The Lord says, your victory is on the other side of every battle, the Lord says, that I lead you into. For God says, I didn't call you to lose, I called you to win. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I'm, I'm almost done. He said, he told me to tell you this, Gabe. He says, he says many have, have, uh, have, have rejected the call to the battle of this hour. For the, Lord, for the Lord says this. The Lord says they looked and they said, this will be a hard thing. And it's not my desire to fight. The Lord says what they didn't know is that the way my people fight the battle is by turning the battle over to me. The Lord, the Lord says, there'll be very few times you'll have to lift a finger to fight. You won't fight in the way, the Lord says, in the natural you would think you would. God says, I'm going to go before you. The Lord says, my arm is strong. God says, amen. God says, I have what it takes to defeat the enemy. The Lord says, and to gather the spoils. 
There'll be many that'll be harvested, the Lord says, as a result of you yielding to me. The Lord said, but there are lots that haven't crossed that, that what we call the chicken line. God says, you're going, God says, not only are you going to cross it, the Lord says, you're going to leap over it. You, God says, you're, you're not just going to cross the line. God says, God says, you're going to get so far away, you're not even going to see the line no more. God says, you're going to have such great boldness and there'll be a fearlessness that is in you. God says there's going to be one thing that you and your ministry will be marked with. God says there will be a fearlessness. There will be a fearlessness that will cause, the Lord says, your enemies to tremble. For they'll know that you will not give up. You will not be intimidated. But you will hang on until the victory is won. The Lord says, there'll be many of your enemies that will back off, won't even, won't even begin to fight because they know that you will not fight just to quarrel, but you're, you will fight to win. No fear in the name of Jesus. No fear in the name of Jesus. That'll be one thing your life will be marked with, with fearlessness. It might even be written on your tombstone when you die. This guy was fearless. So I loose it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. See, if I was prophesying over you, you'd say, hang out, Pastor. You just stay as long as you need to. Amen. Thank God. All right, y'all. Amen. Did you receive something today? Praise the Lord. So did I. What's next week? Is it Christmas Eve? Our next service will be Christmas Eve. Can I hang on to some of you? Can I hang on to some of you after that service just for a few minutes? Leaders, can we, can we, can we stay for a few minutes after? I know it'll be Christmas Eve, but if I can keep you for maybe 15 or 20 minutes after service on next Sunday, we want to uh, talk about revival and some of the logistics. Gabe has some things that he wants to share with us about it. And so next Sunday, I, I should have done it this Sunday. Uh, what is he acting like he doesn't have nothing to share yeah um, I'll remind him of what he needs to share with you no we just want to go over some things logistically we want to make sure that everyone's on the same page it shouldn't take us long if we're all on the we, we should all be on the same page but this is a, a just in case so that's why I don't think it will take long at all uh, we'll only involve Hilda if she needs to be involved she'll be in California with uh, their family and um, so, but uh, next Sunday, leaders, hang, make a plan to hang out with me just for a few minutes after service. Next week, we will not have a long service like today. We will have a more abbreviated service. It will be a communion service. Next week, we will have communion. And so uh, that'll be uh, uh, our, what, we, what we regularly do around this time of the year is have communion, although it's not just reserved for this time of year. We like to do it around Christmas. So this will be our first Christmas Eve service in a long time. We did it. We had a few. They were very successful every time we had them. And um, in fact, one time I didn't, the first one we did, I didn't think anyone would show up. So I went and got Dixie cups and, you know, it's just some bread from Walmart and I didn't even get enough cups, you know. Uh, I think everybody showed up and we all we did was have communion. It was like, dear God, had I known everyone was going to show up, we'd have had praise and worship or something. But uh, <clears throat> but it was it was pretty awesome. So I love you guys. We we are here Wednesday. Is that right? 
He, is there healing room tomorrow? Who's preaching healing room? Miss Ron, are you preaching? Oh, Gaby. Come on, Gaby. Amen. She got her jazz hands up there. The glo glory hands in church. Glory hands. Uh, but uh, Gaby, Gaby Flona will be ministering. Healing room. So come to healing room. And then Wednesday we have uh, a cornania. No, not cornania. No, we don't have cornania. That's not this week. That's the following week. We have, uh, we have regular Wednesday, but we are doing... Um, we're doing um, Armor Bear and then Church-wide Koinonia is going to be the following week. We're all coming together here and I am going to do something on Armor Bear, but we're also going to have uh, food and y'all are going to bring cookies and sweets and, and food and it's going to be good. Amen. We're, we're going to have a good time. All right, listen, go in his presence before you leave. Love someone because you do. I'll see you back here. Some of you tomorrow, others of you Wednesday, and uh, look forward to it. Amen.